Hi, everyone. Today, Hellhorn is going to be talking about yet another short story of hers from Tales from the North. This time, we're going to be talking about the Enchanted Isles, which is a story about Merwin, Iden's mother. So, to first start off, what is this story about, and what themes does it illustrate? This is uh, one of my first stories, which are set in medieval England in Bambra. So, um, a woman named Merwin and her son. Uh, Aiden, who is nine years old, are sitting on a beach on a stormy evening. And Merwin is uh, telling her son um, a, a song. She's singing a song to him. And uh, well, we see that the child is sad after an argument with his father. And so through this, we get to learn about the dysfunctional family relationships. Um, the um, the alderman, which is, who is uh, Aiden's uh, father and Merwin's husband, is a very powerful man. He was sort of second in command only to the King of England, and um, he is this influential man who is quite abusive with his family and dominating, and um, they do not get along with him very well, neither his wife nor his uh, youngest son. So we learn that Aiden after this argument had wanted to run away from home, and this is why he and his mother are on the beach. And um, so um, during the song that Merwin sings, which is called The Lady of the Isle, it is one of her own compositions, we get to learn that uh, Merwin is also, or has been also trying to run away all her life and she has felt trapped and she has desired freedom because this is very much a song about freedom. So um, they have this in common, both mother and son, and she has tried to compensate this through art, through uh, the songs and the poetry that she composes. So this is a story about uh, mother-son relationship and motherhood, just as much as it is a story about art, imagination, freedom, and escapism. Right, definitely. So what is the protagonist um, Merwin like? Well, she's a dreamy and introverted person with a rich imagination. And uh, even though she seems quite reserved with her feelings when she is with, uh, with strangers, she's actually capable of very, very deep emotions. So uh, she's quite an eccentric lady. She is very lonely. Um, she isolates herself from everyone except for Aiden, her son. And uh, she loves going out by herself, especially at night uh, and goes by the sea uh, to watch storms and things like this. And she takes her harp with her and she sings, but no one actually hears her songs, her personal compositions other than her son. So she does sometimes sing uh, at, uh, you know, family dinners or with very close friends, but she, she doesn't sing her personal compositions and those that she deems very intimate. She would probably mostly sing religious songs in public. Mm -hmm. So only Aiden gets to hear uh, the more, the ones that are inspired from 
her own life experiences and from her own feelings. Right. And she also puts in some pagan um, mythology into her songs, correct? Is that another reason why she wants to keep it hidden and only for her son? Yeah, that is very true because Merlin is, uh, uh, she is a religious person, but she is inclined to towards mysticism and uh, the supernatural in every way, not uh, only in terms of Christian religion. So uh, this might also be related to the fact that she is part Scottish and she grew up in, uh, uh, in Scotland until she got married. She is half uh, Scottish. Her, her, her mother is English and her father is Scottish. And so she has learned a lot of um, myths and legends. And it's, uh, of course, they, uh, the Scots are also uh, Christian at the time, but it's more of a syncretic worldview and of a syncretic religion than it is in England at this time. So this might also have to do with it. And this is why my uh, short story, The Enchanted Dials, has something quite unique in my writing, which is Celtic mythology. Mm-hmm, it does. And I think one of the books behind you right now is about Celtic mythology. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I, I here have uh, The Voyage of St. Brendan the Abbot, which is uh, one of those stories written in medieval England about these so-called enchanted isles. So um, the enchanted isles are a motif in Celtic and medieval English literature. Uh, they represent, in the Celtic worldview, they represent the other world. Uh, which can also be called uh, uh, the land of promise, the land of the living, the land of the young, or the underwave land. And this points to a sort of an, uh, a sea, uh, a place beyond the sea where you can also go through a voyage. And so a lot of uh, writings um, in Old Irish, for example, are tales of sea voyages called Imrams, right? And um, for example, we have the uh, Imram Brain, the, the voyage of Brain. And um, this, uh, uh, this book is sort of the, the Christian version of the voyage of Brian and um, uh, the Christian literature in medieval England borrowed this motif of the enchanted dolls, but assimilated them with the earthly paradise, with the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve used to live uh, before they were cast out. And so um, this journey to the terminal point of these, um, you know, blessed isles is told in many, many stories throughout medieval England. And this is one of them. Um, so um, um, these are the things that really inspired me to write this short story. And um, I, I learned them in more detail since my first version of this story because I've worked on my uh, PhD, which is also here behind me, this green thing. And uh, it is about uh, medieval English uh, literature and um, 
dreamscapes and the other world is one of the things that I am discussing. Mm, I see. And in your illustration behind you of Merwin as a mermaid, which was, I think, one of the winner-ups in Tapas's mermaid competition, I think we can see the other world at the very back and behind the boat, right? Behind the Viking longboat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we, we can imagine that this is sort of the, the land of the young Tirnanog, where uh, Merwin wishes to meet with Halvor, where... Mm-hmm where they want to go. And here we can see Merwin's uh, love for the sea and uh, for its mystery and its dangers. Right. As it is also represented in the Enchanted Isles. Right. And I think she kind of sees it as a representation of going away from her own home, right? And going away from the elder men and all of these uh, barriers holding her back. Exactly. So this is why both uh, her song in the story and the story itself are very much about voyages, right, towards these blessed isles. Mm -hmm. So about escapism, about going to a better place. And there are a lot of metaphors about this throughout the story. Right. Can we see what the story looks like on Tapas? And I think there's even a song that you included for one of the pages, right? Oh, yes, definitely. I'm uh, going to share my screen right now so that I can show you uh, the Tapas story. Yes, this is it. So it's, it's part of my Tales from the North series, as you can see here. So this is the cover, The Enchanted Isles. And uh, I'm going to show you a bit the first version of this cover, which was made about five years ago. So this is what it looked like when I first made it. Um, It was in pencil because I was mostly drawing in pencil at the time. I think that they are very similar. And this is still one of those pieces that I'm uh, quite pleased with, but um so it's it it was mostly a a stylistic choice to change it I mean it's not because I found something wrong with it but because uh, I started illustrating my stories in watercolors but yes we can see Merwin and Aiden and the storm at sea oh we we actually can only see it on tapas right now I think you might have to activates the different screen that you're sh- you're seeing the older picture on because I can't see it here. Oh, all right. Yeah, then, then we're going to come back to this um, afterwards. So after we, we, bro- we browse a bit through uh, this story. Yeah, so this is the format that I chose and I usually have two illustrations per episode. And we also have poems. So this is very out of the ordinary because it's the first Mm -hmm. time that I've actually included poems. And here I have this this, uh, painting that I have behind me with one of my older poems. And I'm going to play a song. Let's see if... I think you just have to give it a small tap. Don't click on the name, just click on the orange. Yeah, I just directed you to SoundCloud. So go back to Tapas. Okay, yeah, I think. Just tap the, yeah. 
no one should be playing. Okay, can you hear it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah, so, so this is a, a really beautiful song that I love in Scottish Gaelic, which I think that is very fitting for Merwin, given her Scottish background. And uh, it, it is a story about a woman uh, singing of her lover lost at sea. Mm -hmm. it's, it inspired me very much. And uh, Merwin would also play the harp, so this is also one other reason why this song is really uh, fitting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to show you the, um, uh, the drawing that I was meaning to show you. I think now I stopped sharing, right? Yes. Yes, we can see it now. Can you still hear the song? Yes, we can. Oh, actually it stopped. I think it, oh, it's yeah, over, I, yeah. I think it ended, yes. All right, so this is, uh, so this is the old version, the, the one, so, so they're really similar, right? Mm -hmm. This is why I was saying it was just uh, a choice to change the medium not because I wasn't exactly pleased with it. Even though I, 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 I find it more easy to make uh, dynamic poses than I did back then because I've had much more practice during mm -hmm. these five years. Because at the time I, I wasn't really illustrating my stories. I mean, I was, I was mostly painting or drawing portraits but not actual illustrations of scenes. Right. And I've had a lot of practice with that ever since I started uh, using well, mostly tapas, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to, to illustrate both the uh, chapters of Lucky Wolf and uh, even more so in Tales from the North, where I have about two illustrations per chapter. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So the poses they have are very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and the feel, the general feel is, is the same. And uh, here we also have another uh, drawing that I wanted to share with you, which is the one from uh, an, an illustration from Celtic mythology, Mananen Maclir, which was a uh, god of the sea in, uh, in Celtic myth. And he's the king of the other world. And he, this is why I was saying that this short story of mine is more fantasy-like than most of the others that I've written because Manan Mahlir is almost a character in this story. Of course, he will have a symbolic function, but there is quite a bit about him. And this is one of the changes that I brought to the story. I put more emphasis on Celtic myth and on supernatural belief and um, story making and how Merwin uh, uses these as symbols for her own life. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. And 
compared to the other stories in the collection, what about the story really stands out? Well, I think that it's, um, well, the introduction of Celtic mythology, which I did, and uh, the poetry, the, the, the poem is something that I'm quite proud of because I don't usually write poetry. So it, it was really interesting trying to put uh, Merwin's own creations into something very similar to how she would have expressed them. So it was, it was a, a challenge for me, but it was really fun as well. Of course, the poems that I wrote there are not really uh, Anglo-Saxon in style because I made them rhyme and they did not have uh, rhyme. They, they had uh, kennings and alliterations and I, I used rhyme. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But then I, I try to, to keep a certain uh, Anglo-Saxon feel. Mm -hmm. What did you change, um, you know, besides the addition of the poem and the art compared to the old version of the story? Mm, that was on DA I, like five or six years ago. Yeah, I think that uh, one other thing that, that I changed is that... Um, uh, I, I showed more about Merwin's uh, religious feelings or uh, connection to the supernatural. So uh, what I basically did throughout the throughout the, the story is emphasize these themes more, the, the one of art and imagination and the one with her uh, mysticism because also because of the, uh, the knowledge that I have gained um, after writing my PhD, which I did not have this knowledge at the time. So uh, I, I, I feel that I have grasped um, the um, sort of the, the spirit of the age in a better way, if I can say so. So I think that I can now connect with my Anglo-Saxon characters much better, both with Merwin and with Aiden. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see quite a bit of that with Aiden too in Sons of Disobedience in uh, how he views the world and how he views literature because he, he loves reading himself. And mm -hmm. now that I have read some of the things that he read as well, uh, I, can, I can better understand how he would understand them. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. I think we should have a podcast in the future about how the PhD has helped you flesh out Merwin, and I think maybe Edgar too, and Aiden, all of these characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I, I think we should. I think we should. And yeah, I'm, I'll be excited to discuss my, uh, my PhD in a future podcast and, and see how, how it has helped me uh, better understand the Anglo-Saxon world. Right. Do you think you'll be publishing a book based on your PhD, like a more simplified version for people? Yes, I think so. I think that I will publish, but unfortunately it is in Romanian, so it won't, 
uh, it, it won't do much good in this sense. I mean, I won't be able to actually share parts of it, but yes, I, I want to publish it eventually. I've, I've been wanting for a while, but I, I needed some distance from it because <laughs> I, I put so much effort into it that I said, okay, I, I'm taking at least one year and let it cool, you know, and, and see if I want to add anything else. Mm-hmm, that's true because it, it is a lot of work and sometimes you don't want to look at it anymore after so long yes I know I actually heard writers saying the same thing about their uh, their writings I mean their, their fiction which is something that I cannot do so I'm really <laughs> the opposite when it comes to fiction I reread everything I wrote obsessively and I always change the words and punctuation and things like that but when it comes to my PhD you know I I, I really love the topic that I chose and I'm, I'm satisfied with the work that I've done but I did not want to open it again <laughs> I think it might have to do with the fact that it feels more like work while you know with yeah. characters and fiction it feels less intimidating because it involves characters and less you know demanding research and like editing and stuff like that so it's not as fun yeah definitely and I also really don't do well with deadlines so when somebody tells you you have to finish this by I don't know what then I I suddenly lose the uh the uh the pleasure to to a certain extent you know of, of doing it so yeah that's right Right, exactly. Anything else that we should know about Merwin and Aiden based on this story? We're going to see more about Aiden in future stories because, uh, like we said before, he's going to appear again in Tales from the North. And uh, hopefully, I'm going to edit my old novella of Merwin when she was a teenager herself. And so, we're going to see a lot more about her because she is really an interesting character and um, one of those characters that are really dear to me mm-hmm. so uh, because uh, her perspective was the second one that I ever wrote after Ident. oh so I see I, I think I found her the easiest to connect with even more I, than Ingvar right yeah, definitely more than Ingvar. Ingvar was sort of an acquired taste. I mean, oh. I always loved him as a character, but it took me a long, long time to to connect with him and to be able to impersonate him in in writing. You know, I I, I felt that there was some sort of a gap between us. Whereas for Aiden and Merwin, they, they, they are characters that are more like myself as a person. So it, it came easier to me to write from their perspectives. But mm-hmm. after writing so much about Ingvar, I think I sort of made it a challenge, you know, because I couldn't connect with him and I tried so hard. And when I finally managed to connect with him, now I cannot stop writing about him. <laughs> As you know, he features in so many stories of mine. And I think this is the reason that for such a long time, there was the gap and mm-hmm. I've bridged it. And now I'm excited to, mm-hmm. to show that. True. Ironically, we haven't seen that much of Aiden even though he was the first one you wrote about. Yeah, I know, but I wrote like 300 pages full of his perspective. So I wanted a break and yeah, I, I've had a really long break. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to, to, to start reintroducing him and the Enchanted Isles 
was uh, the um, was the um, the story where we we finally saw that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. You know, I think he needs more screen time because you know people who are new to your work who didn't know you in DA they wouldn't know about Iden because he's never in Lucky Wolf. Yeah, that's very true. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is why I need three short stories to introduce him because he's going to be major. So the readers exactly. from the North really have to know him. And I think more than three. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. Because there's one with Asphalt where the the antagonist is going to make a comeback. <laughs> and another one with Helgen and Lars, so, who have both featured in two mm. other short stories the, the midsummer one and now the wooden doll right so, yeah well well i didn't have a short story with ingvar i don't think so because there's a lot of i and ingvar in sense of disobedience so i'm just trying to explore things that are not covered in sense oh, of disobedience. oh i see and this is why there's also no ryan big and i did right because that's already in Sons of Disobedience. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to see a lot of Aiden in these two combinations with Ranveig and with Ingvar. So this is why we're going to meet them separately in Tales from the North. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to learn more about these characters as we progress in the podcast. And guys, check out... The, um, oh, sorry, I did not change the background. It's not the linden trees, the Enchanted Isles. <laughs> I just realized I it know. like a oh, minute ago. <laughs> I did not change it because we recorded this right before we came to recording this. <laughs> yeah, but please well, check out... Something. Yeah together so it's not that huge a problem just check out the the enchanted isles and the link is in the description yes exactly thank you everybody and thank you for tunis games for having me bye goodbye